Welcome to Major League Success. On this episode of the Agent Spotlight series, I have Barb Fogel to the right of me. Uh, pleasure to have her on. She's been on the team for just two, two, and, a half. two and a half years. Two and, a half years. Um, and I think she's going to bring you guys some, some great value because um, she's been in the business a while and she's been kind of all over the place. Um, she's experienced a lot of different things. And, <laughs> you make me old like I'm, I'm rolling around. And, and I think <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I think, I think you can definitely bring value to our audience because you have experienced a lot in the real estate industry. And, um, you know, what I always like to do is kind of start with background. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of your story. I don't know all of it, but kind of fill me in on kind of like, growing up, things like that, you know, were you into sports? Were you always into sales or entrepreneurship? Kind of fill me in going through your, your middle school, high school years of. I'm old, John. How, how long have <laughs> you got? <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in Hilliard, Ohio and um, graduated high school in 1985. Um, go Wildcats, Hilliard Wildcats. Um, uh, very social group of friends and um I was the high school mascot oh I did did not know that I did not know that I did not know that I sang the national anthem at my graduation I didn't know that either you might have to sing for us uh no and um (laughs) haven't done that in a long time but then um from there I went on to the Ohio State University and I have a degree in family resource management so my um focus was on consumer goods Okay. So with that degree, I thought, hey, what can I do in this field that's super exciting? So I went to be a, a flight attendant, Okay. <laughs> which has nothing to do with my field. But I thought, you know, I'm young, I'm single, let's go travel and have fun. So, so you got, so you went through college, got your degree, and then you just jumped into flight attendant. Yeah. How was that? Um, it was, there was a lot of fun with it. It's very demanding. I don't think it's as glamorous as most people um, would assume it is. <laughs> Um, a lot of trash picking up and, um, you know, nasty customers as they can be when things are delayed. But um, Did you, you know, like it? Yeah, I think I had a lot of fun with it. But, you know, it wasn't a high-paying job. It wasn't something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I did that for seven years. Okay. Um, and then I went straight into IT. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which had nothing to do with the other. So um, I had um, friends that were working in the IT field back here in Columbus, and they got me involved with it. This was right before the 2000 crash, so to okay. speak, two, two, Y2K, and um, did that. So I was with um, Bank One, JP Morgan Chase for almost eight years. Okay. And in 2005, I was getting burnt out, working 80-hour weeks, and I thought, this isn't what I want to do. And I thought, you know, I, I need to get back to what I was passionate about in college, which was consumer goods, and happened to see an ad one day for Keller Williams, because they had just started in the Columbus market, okay. and um, Tracy Chambers, who's an old family friend, was the brand new team leader over there, so... I called her up and said, well, what is this real estate all about? And the rest is history. Sure. So I guess I want to kind of dive into how did you decide on your degree mm-hmm. in consumer goods? Is there anything, I guess I've never really thought of that. Like I've never As a even, degree. even knew that was a degree. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what it is. Right. So, so yeah. So, um, Family resource management and consumer goods, and I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore at Ohio State, but um, I just was always very passionate about consumer rights, and if you're going in to buy something or purchase something, you know, they always say the customer's right. Well, yes and no. I mean, but to a point, the customer should be right, so um, getting the best quality and understanding um, the one of the most fascinating classes that I took there in that degree was that learning that, you know, XYZ brand is made in the same factory as the name brand. So, you know, teaching the people about, you know, different goods and products and how they're made. and So more like um, consumer information, consumer. kind of like that checks and balances. Yeah. And then, you know, with that, there was some financing classes to help say, okay, well, if you're working with a family how can you best help them with the money that they make moving forward? So, and really, I mean, there is no 
bigger purchase, consumer purchase than a house right. for most consumers. Right. That's going to be the, the biggest financial product that they buy out there other than maybe a car, um, which some now cost the same as a small house. Right. So, um, so, you know, for me, it was just kind of a perfect fit and in getting into real estate, um, jumping back into that because it's pretty um, pretty important to know that people are spending their money wisely and getting the most for what they're buying. So was there anything that's happened, and I don't know, but it seems like you're, you've always been consumer focused. You mm -hmm. wanted to help the consumer. Is there anything, like for me, I went to school for sports management. Mm -hmm. I love sports. Originally I went for accounting uh, because my grandfather was an accountant mm -hmm. and I wanted to be successful like he was. Is there anything like in your um, youth that, made you want to help the consumer? Is, um, there, is there any? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, my parents have owned the um, Dairy Queen and Hilliard since 1966. Okay. Um, so they bought it the year before I was born. Again, I'm a little older. Um, but I, from the age of pretty much from like six years old, I would be standing in the back of the store splitting banana, bananas during the banana split sale. Yeah. So, um, you know, having to fill the, the banana boat, so to speak. And then at the age of 13, my dad said, you're old enough that you can start coming in um, and, you know, doing some slave labor for us. So, um, <laughs> so from the age of 13 to 23, I mean, I was working pretty much every summer. And then by the time I was like 15, 16, I was working nights and weekends at the Dairy Queen. Did that make you want to have an entrepreneur background or just more of just the that, service part of it? Yeah, the service part of it. I don't know that I ever woke up one day and said, wow, I really want to be a salesperson. I mean, to me, I don't consider myself a salesperson. Right. I really consider myself more of a consultant to go out and help people get from A to B and to help them through the home buying process or the home selling process to say, you know, here are the steps that you need to take. And, and every buyer or every seller has different wants and needs. And then sure. it's figuring out what's going to work best for what they have to sell or what they're, they're needing. And it, it always cracks me up because anytime I meet with a the buyer, they always say, I know I'm being pickier, I'm being difficult. No, we, you should be, number right. one. And number two, everybody's different. So what you want over here is what somebody completely over here wants or needs. Yeah. So it's figuring out what's going to be the best route, the best solution, lining them up with the best lender that may have the best product to help them out. Um, home inspectors, the whole nine yards. I always kind of joke with my clients, if you like football, which I love football, it's like, I'm just the quarterback and everybody on the front line is the home inspector, the lender, the whatever. And we're trying to get you to the goal line to make the yeah. touchdown. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'm the quarterback coordinating all of those moves and plays to get, you know, to the end result yeah. and the winning result. Yeah. That's how I view. I literally, the, the showing I just came from had that same conversation, um, because it was a pricing question as to why it hasn't this property sold. And mm -hmm. I was like, look, you know, a lot of times buyers have a hard time looking past the paint or the flooring, or in this case, there was oak trim still, oak mm -hmm. handrails, oak uh, cabinets. And he's like, are, are people really that picky? And I said, oh, it's just, it's personal preference. And sometimes mm -hmm. people are spending the most amount of pop uh, money that they will ever spend and they want what they want. Mm -hmm. So I totally align with you there that we are uh, an, an advisor, a consultant, and it's our job to put our clients in the best possible position. Ultimately they decide what they want to do. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's, you know, another point that early on in my career, I would get, um, pretty emotional about what they would choose or if something didn't work out, I right. would take it personal. But I really feel like if you stand back from it and don't tie yourself to the end result, um, you're going to far succeed. Um, cause I spent a lot of sleepless nights when things didn't come together or there was, um, maybe some tension during the deal and um, I just have learned to remove myself from the situation and say, okay, what's the, what's the problem or what's the issue? How do we solve it? And then how do we move forward? And I think really, you know, it, it benefits the, you know, your client so much better when you do that, because then they're not looking at you going, 
well, you just want to get to the closing to get the money because sure. it's never about the money. It's really about, can we get you there? And, you know, people say, well, you want me to spend more money so you make a bigger commission. No, I want you to spend as less money as you can because really that's kind of my thought process when you're looking for a consumer good. I'm the first one to go to the sale rack, right? right. So it's like, um, how, much, how much can I get off on it? What's the biggest bargain? So if I can get my clients the best deal out there for less money and spend less, have at it, right? Exactly. And I want to touch base, and I think a lot of agents struggle, even agents that are successful that do a ton of business, of trying to detach themselves emotionally mm -hmm. from a deal. Um, because a lot of times as agents, we, we do spend months on months on months sometimes out showing properties or nurturing that that lead that became the client mm -hmm. um, and we are invested and we and we only get paid unless you know when the deal closes right was it just experience was it just time was it something else that allowed you to remove that emotion and said and say hey I do care if this deal closes or doesn't close, represent our client the right way, mm -hmm. but I'm not emotionally attached to the commission check, the payday. Right. Cause I think that's, that's, I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, I'll let you explain, but my opinion is I think a lot of people rely on that single commission, that single closing mm -hmm. because they don't have the business that says, okay, I can let, you know, this one die because, you know, obviously it's not in the best interest of my client. I'm not going to get pissed off or sad or upset or let it ruin my day because I have two others or three other deals that are going solid. So is there anything that helped you or? Yeah. I mean, and I'd always like, I had this one agent that always would say that, um, you know, that deal's not going to make or break me. That's not going to ruin my life, right? So it never really resonated like that saying with me. But then further on, I had another agent tell me, Barb, just remove yourself. You know, you've got to just, you can't be 100% emotionally vested. What they choose to do, what your client chooses to do has nothing to do with you. So, you know, when you start thinking about it in that manner, it's like, and, and I've told people, you know, if they're in contract and the deal's not going great, okay, great. I mean, I just did this for a recent client. I mean, we couldn't come to terms on the agreement period or the agreement to remedy. So I said, guys, you know what? I think these are red flags. Let's just go ahead and write up the mutual release and the, you know, notification that you're canceling the contract and let's keep going. Right. Like I've already got your new search set up. Let's keep going. Right. And when they, when they feel like, and look at it, they're like, Oh, you've got my back. Yep. Number one, you've got my back. You've got my best interest at heart. And it's not about, let's just get this deal closed. Right. So it's like, yeah, eventually I want you to buy a house, but I want you to buy the right house. Sure. Um, or I want you to sell it to the right people. <laughs> right. Um, so, um, so I think it's bad. It's just, it was a mind shift. And I think just the more experienced that you get and you, if you can get your mind shifted in that manner, you'll far succeed because then the referrals start coming in and that's fun. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's mentally draining and causes way more stress to, be emotionally attached yeah. to that outcome. Um, whereas if you can detach yourself from it, it just allows you to be a little bit more free. Yeah, um, absolutely. And if you put yourself in a position to where, yeah, you don't need that deal to close that day, um, you, you know, you're ahead. You right. know, that's, that's your leverage right there. Yeah. Um, so you, you flight attendant, go into it side. That's not the career path. You dive into real estate. Um, right with, when the market crashed. Right when the market crashed with, <laughs> with Keller Williams, which at the time was up and coming yep. here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And what what was that process? What was that transition like? What was what was going from clocking in, clocking out to having a, a paycheck every two weeks or salary or whatever mm -hmm. to going commission? Did you go in full time right away? Did you balance the two? I, went, I went cold turkey. So literally gave my two week notice to um, JP Morgan and uh, you know 
started Hondros and went three week course, crash course, took my test, um, and then started full on. And this was probably the end of May of 2005, first of June. Okay. And then um, within that six months, I did really well. I probably closed six or eight transactions my first oh, wow. six months. Um, and then the market crashed and it all yeah. went down. But no, it full time straight into it. And I remember I would get to the office because um, I was at uh, consultants over in Dublin when I started out and I was there for three years. So I literally would be in the office at like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And as these other agents would be coming in, I remember one down the hall came down and said, uh, what are you the new lender or are you a title <laughs> agent? Why are you here all the time? Like, right. what do you, you know? And but I would take advantage of every single class that they had to offer. Um, you know, KW had great training, they still do, it's a great company. Um, I just kind of I felt like I was stagnant after right. 12 years with KW, which you know, I, I still have a lot of great friends over there, but yeah, so I, I just decided if I'm going to do this, I got to jump off the diving board and go deep and learn how to swim pretty darn quickly. Yeah, and you had great success starting out because a lot of agents get into to the business and they don't have six transactions in the first six months or seven transactions, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, was that sphere of influence? Were you on a team? No, so I didn't even know what sphere of influence meant. Okay. Um, you know, I just started adding everybody in at the time. My stepson was um, playing high school football, so I added in all the booster parents, all the, you know, and I'd sit there in the morning and that'd be my thing. I'd do, like, add everybody to my database mm -hmm. that I could think of. Yeah. Um, and then it was, you know, you know, sharp and shiny is what I like to call it. Everybody's coming at you with marketing ideas sure. or advertising and wanting your money. So I didn't know any better. So I just started spending money on postcards or, you know, house magazines or whatever it was. But, um, you know, a lot of open houses every Sunday, I'd be doing an open house yeah. for somebody in my office. And sometimes it wasn't even people in my office. It might've been at another KW sure. location. Um, but there was a lot at the time, um, a lot of new building going on still in Dublin. So the neighborhood behind me was building up. So a lot of those agents and I'd go over and talk to the sales rep for that company and say, can I hold open a spec home? I yeah. didn't know any better. I just asked. Yeah. So it was a lot of, um, open, houses a lot of trial and error um, and like I said I just kind of started in, in my niche probably for the first eight years in real estate was really just working with buyers mm -hmm. um, I get a, a selling lead here and there sure. from somebody but typically I would say 90% of my clientele were buyers and probably 75% of those were first-time buyers. Gotcha. And I loved it because it was walking them through the process and help educating them through the whole entire start to finish. Right. Um, and now a lot of those clients are repeat clients, sure. which are, it feels good. And I've been able to watch a lot of those clients get married, have children, grow their families, finding the next home. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so, so would you say your total immersion into real estate would be your your key to getting started? Yeah, I mean, if you didn't, if you just dipped your toes in here and there, um, you know, we see it all the time. It's it's hard to to get into that groove and then build that momentum. I had to because I I left a huge salary, right? So I had to do something because one salary in our household wasn't going to cut the mustard. So right. I had to. Um, so yeah, I had to be immersed very quickly. And that's why I felt taking as many classes as I possibly could, because what they teach you in school isn't what happens in the real life right. as we all find out. Yeah. Right. So um, finding, you know, the classes to, to understand how to write the offers, how to negotiate, how to do a request to remedy, how to spell things out, talking to different, you know, title companies, lenders, home inspectors, um, anybody that I could get. The other thing that I started doing early on 
um, was getting involved in the area associations okay. for, um, I was involved with Dublin, Hilliard, Upper Arlington, you know, kind of surrounding myself with where I was living and then going on all of the tours. Mm -hmm. It took time, but I had time on my side to learn all that stuff right. as a new agent. Right. Um, and really understanding the different neighborhoods, the nuances between the neighborhoods, the, the subdivisions, um, you know, price points, selling points, school districts, all of that stuff. And not that I wanted to be an expert, um, so to speak, but right. I needed enough information to be able to speak um, intelligent enough to people. And I think that helps you build your confidence. You know, Absolutely. like when I started, it was, I came to Columbus, Ohio State, not from here. Um, mm -hmm. When I started in real estate, even at Ohio State, I didn't even know my way around Columbus because I didn't leave campus. But, um, I mean, that was it, just getting out, driving the neighborhoods, doing showings, mm -hmm. you know, just getting familiar with different zip codes and communities and things like that. And you're right, it takes time. But as a new agent, you ha your, your value is the time that you have absolutely you know yeah you, you're not doing three appointments a day and 10 showings or whatever um was there a mentor or anyone in the, that office initially that took you under their wing that kind of helped you or was it just more yourself and then just through all the trainings and just doing those those yeah. things on your own so i was really lucky and i think um when i joined kw consultants i want to say we only had maybe 55 agents at that office at the time. Um, and I never knew any other brokerage. Sure. I came right into Keller Williams, um, straight out of school. And it was so open um, book, open door policy there. Um, you know, I was fortunate we had Tracy Chambers as our team leader. Um, she was fabulous and is fabulous. And Barbara Hiker Gale was right down the, um, the office, the hallway, yep. hallway from me. I had Lori Lynn, which I just always felt like she had been around forever and a day, but she was pretty newly licensed and kicking butt. Um, and she was, you know, she was so kind. She had a small condo that um, she's like, Barb, I'm going to help you out and give you a listing. Didn't ask me for anything. Nice. Um, so just have always been grateful and respected her. Tim Real was around the corner. I mean, we had heavy hitters in that office yep. that were just so open door policy. Um, now, with that, don't go in and there and just be chit-chatty <laughs> and waste their time. Yeah. Go in and ask intelligent questions. Sure. And I have this situation, how would you handle it? Or what are your thoughts or ideas on that? Um, and they would be so gracious. Yeah. I mean, so really starting there with that open door policy, and I've always thought and, and have hopefully have kept that um, kind of sentiment going forward in my career, open door policy with me if there's a new agent or somebody that has a question because I don't think anybody can come into this business knowing everything. No. You don't. And there are people that think they do, but they don't. Right. Um, and it's, you know, I always feel like our clients are going to succeed better when we put our heads together and work together as a team. Sure. Solo agent versus team. I like the team better. Yeah. Um, just for myself. I don't ever want to grow my own team. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, every, everyone, so, yeah, everyone's personality is different and some people thrive on their own and some people thrive on a team and some people thrive building a team. Right. You know, and, um, and I feel like I'm a better team player in the mix um, because even on our team, we have a ton of new agents and, you know, our Friday night, it's my wine night. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. After so many years, I'm entitled yeah. to a Friday night wine night. Um, but they'll call me and say, hey, I've got a question or whatever. And I'm always, you know, you know, always taking the call or taking the text message to take the time to help somebody. Because yeah. I was helped early on. And I just feel that that's the best policy to help people going forward. 100% agree. That's that's why we're doing this. That's why um, I love, build, you know, being on a team as well is, is it sounds like you got put into the right position mm -hmm. uh, from the very jump. Uh, I came familiar. Tracy was the one I spoke with first and I got lucky as well. Um, and I know a lot of agents out there. That's not the case. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's what, you know, not just our team, but aligning yourselves with any agent that's willing to be a mentor, take you under their wing. Um, whether that's one person or a group of people just surrounding yourself with them, 
uh, I think will definitely jumpstart your career or help your business become more successful or more consistent. So, yeah. so okay, you're, you're with Keller Williams and, and you're starting your career, you're on your own. Um, I know you decided to join a team at one point. What was, what was that decision? Why did you make the decision? Um, was it because you're kind of plateaued in your business or were you looking for something else? Yeah. So that was about 2008 that I, um, jump ship from consultants and went to KW Classics and I was with um, a team there, pretty very successful team, um, and um, was there on their team for three years. But the reason for that was because the market had crashed so much. Mm -hmm. And as a solo agent starting out, I just didn't, number one, have the resources to be able to go out and you know, lead generate, sure. um, you know, to buy into any lead generation tools. So they were a successful team doing great business. They were looking for a buyer's agent at the time. Um, and you know, it was just a really good fit. So these were, these are two big pillars in the community, husband and wife team. Um, and got a ton of knowledge from them. You know, I was, you know, working, I think at the time when I joined their team, we had maybe a total of three or four buyer's agents okay. um, and two of us were working full-time. The other two, I think were like open house and you know, sure. showing specialists. Um, but, it, you know, just really got a lot out of that. And I just, you know, and grew out of that. And so with that um, thought, okay, well, I, I still like classic properties. I didn't want to keep moving and bouncing around from brokerage to brokerage. Sure. So, um, stopped their team and thought, you know, I'm going to go on my own. I'll try this again. And about a week later, another team approached me there and said, Hey, we really need you. And so we sat down and talked and that was a fit or so. And I was there for six years. Okay. So, um, you know, that was a great fit. But again, I just got to the point where I felt like I had learned as much as I needed to there. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person that always likes to keep growing and, and finding what's the latest and greatest and what's you know new and I want to be on cutting edge of real estate so just you know not that I didn't love where I was at but right. it just wasn't I was plateaued at that point yeah um, and that's when I came over to Columbus House team so was there um, so you know you said 2008 is when you joined your first team mm -hmm. to get through that that crash um, you know, you needed to lead gen, things like that. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of, did you have any struggles along the way between starting out team, team? Is there anything that you struggled with or has it always been, you know, you had the support? Everyone has struggles. Right. But has there, has there been a defining moment or has it always been, hey, I've, I've been, I've always surrounded myself with the right group, even though I do have a, a slow month or two or whatever, um, that they've always been there to push through? Yeah, and I don't know, ideally, on the first team, it was talked about that you make phone calls. There wasn't really a structure about it. You're kind of just um, there. You're right, and and let me tell you, that telephone probably weighed 10 bazillion pounds because <laughs> yeah. I was the last person on earth that would pick up a phone and make a call because yeah. I thought, what if I get strained at or what if, what if, what if, sure. right? Um uh, did a lot of training. So KW, um, I don't know if it's still around, but at the time they were starting um, a new nationwide training course called Bold. And um, business, I don't mean business, I should know that. I took it five times. <laughs> but, um, so basically knowing how to juggle your business with life sure. and being able to balance the two. But it really got, that course really got you out of your comfort zone because it taught you how to cold call. It taught you how to, you know, pick up the 10,000 pound phone, to go door knocking, to hold successful open houses, um, how to find expireds or for sale by owners. Um, and so taking that course, like I said, I five times, but every time I took it, I got something new because you always had a different instructor. Sure. Um, and it was intense. If you didn't do the homework, you were going to get booted out after two visits, mm. you know? So I didn't want to be that person being escorted out of the room and it was a hefty cost to put in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I always got more business out of it as a result of taking that course, but it really taught you how to be, um, more aggressive, okay. um, put you out of your comfort zone. And now the phone, it's like no big deal. I pick up the phone and make the calls. And, right. um, so it, 
you know, those, those training courses really excelled, yeah. really yeah. put you in a position to be able to say, well, that's no big deal. Like, and I see it with new agents, right? Cause they're like, I have to pick up the phone. Oh my yeah. God, what do I say? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. just say, hi, it's Barb. And if, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, just start talking to somebody. So, yeah. um, and I think a lot of that too, we psych ourselves out. Um, you know, I tell people going back to, we're not salespeople, we're advisors, consultants, whatever you want to call us. Um, honestly, just picking up the phone, just saying, Hey, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. Uh, right. Cause the first call I'm not selling you cause you're not probably buying a house tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you know, chances are you're not buying a house in the next week. Yeah. So, so yeah. And it's funny that you say that because the other day I met, um, a lead, an internet lead. Um, at a house, don't know these people from Adam, they don't know me from Adam, so we're in the house, and I'm asking them questions, just like, what's your current situation, where, you know, do you own, do you buy, or, you know, okay, so you own, so what's that look like, do you, have you talked to a lender yet, right. and what's important to you about your next move, and why is this area important to you, and what would that do for your family, and they just looked at me, and they said, oh my god, nobody's asked us these questions, and they said, we haven't, and and they, and they kept saying, you know, this is an interview. I said, yeah, this is for me too. And I may not hire you. Yeah. We may not be a perfect fit. And at the end of the day, okay, that's cool. But I want to make sure that at least people are asking you the right questions. So, right. you know, now we've got them aligned talking with a lender. You know, I mean, they weren't there, you know, three weeks ago when they started this journey because nobody wanted to ask them the questions. They said that one agent... They walked into an open house and they said, well, you realize if you come in here, you know, you're going to have to use me going forward. <laughs> I would, I, I'm like, please tell me you walked out. Like, yeah. like I would walk out like what? No, let, let's just have a conversation. If I don't feel like I'm the right person for you, then I'm going to go, you know what? I may have somebody in mind for you. Sure. Sure. And that's, I that's mean, a hundred, okay. I mean, it's hundred percent. It's, it's making sure I was, I, because I love sports. It's, I want to get a game plan together yep. so that way when the time comes, you are successful in accomplishing whatever that goal is, whether it's selling the house and buying or just selling or just buying. Like right. I, let's, let's sometimes we have to step back to move forward. And, um, that comes down to, you know, us as the professional advising our clients the right way mm -hmm. and detaching ourselves from that outcome. Yeah. Um, cause maybe we do need to wait four months. Maybe it makes sense for you to wait till springtime. Yep. You know, it's, um, so no, that's cool. So, so you, you know, you were at Keller Williams, uh, your, your whole career. And then two, two and a half years ago, you decided to change to our team, the yep. Columbus house team. Um, <laughs> team. what, what, what made you, were you looking for a change? Yeah, were you, I felt stagnant, um, where I was at. I didn't feel like I was escalating to the point that I knew I could, could be at. Right. Um, and so, you know, you always say align yourself with the people that are more successful than you, um, that where you want to be. Right. Sure. So, um, a friend of mine had talked to me about this team and I said, you know, I think I need to meet them. So called Ryan and, um, said, you know, I just want to sit down and have coffee and find out more about you sure. and what your team's doing. So we met and, um, you know, that led to two or three additional conversations. He probably thought, who is this person that <laughs> they can't make up their mind? But I mean, for me, it wasn't a matter of just, again, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't want to be that person that's always hopping teams or brokerages. If I'm going to do it, it's got to be purposeful and it's sure. got to, it's got to give me meaning or value, but it also has to give them value, right? Because what do I bring to the table? Right. Um, and, you know, this was a team that, you know, I was just approaching 50 and I thought, Oh my God, I'm so much older than everybody on this team. <laughs> um, and we laugh about it today. <laughs> um, but, um, but again, I mean, you know, and I, and I remember saying to Ryan, am I too old? Am I too seasoned for what you guys are doing? And he said, no, he goes, I think we can get a lot from you and you can get a lot from us. Sure. And those were really the magic words. Right. Cause I was like, you know, you guys were doing stuff that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't have the opportunity to do sure. it or um, the environment to do it in. And, and it was like, Oh my God, I can breathe. And this is fun. Right. Right. And so um, for me, it was like, yeah, I'm one of the oldest on the team, but I feel like I get so much from 
team members because there are, we have what, how many in our twenties? Like I'm yeah. like, so to me, it's like, they're the people that are doing social media. They're the next buyers. It's like, how do you talk to people? You know, where are you going to find these people? Because the way that we used to do it, postcards, magazines, sure. all that stuff. I mean, that's kind of dying, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, just it's, it's been fun and I don't consider myself the old person, even though I am. We like to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I'm not going to lie. So, um, but I mean, I don't, I hope that you guys don't go, Oh my God, there's Barb. She's like, chill. <laughs> but I mean, I really want to help give the new agents, bringing them up, you know, sure. and giving them, you know, what has been successful for me or not so successful and then finding out what they're doing. Cause yep. I mean, we've got some killer agents on our team that I'm like, what, like, what do you have? Like magic fingers for <laughs> typing because yeah. like that's how they write. So yeah. it's just getting up to speed with what they're doing too. Yeah. And I think I personally love the team. Obviously I'm a little biased too, because I've only been on a team from the very beginning but I think you can you can get so much value from being on a team that is open and and not every team's the same. Yeah, you no, know, no, some people no. say they're on a team and it's it's just you know six agents that decided to work together, but it's not a team. Right. You know, it's it's not you know everyone coming together for one common goal. And there's so much value that an agent can get from being on a team that where the agents are are the first thought is to give back right is how can I help you succeed? Um, and I think one thing that we always joke about, you do a ton of past clients, uh, marketing and things like that. I've always been terrible at that stuff. Um, I'm, it's some, I'm trying to get you there, John. And it's something that I, <laughs> I've been in the business long enough to where I should, I should have been doing it from day one, but I've always been good at generating new business. I've always been in a situation on our team where new business just comes. And see that I shifted my mindset about three years ago to that. And so I've only been doing that for three. Yeah. About three years yeah. ago that I really started, you know, postcards only to my sphere of influence. And then I was like, what else can I do? So this year I implemented quarterly drop-offs, yeah. right? So that's new. I mean, that this is 14 years in the making that I've just picked up, <laughs> right? So, you know, not all my, not all, everybody gets a quarterly drop-off, but sure. it's maybe those that have been repeat customers that have referred me solid business. Um, and so and it's nothing big or glamorous, but it's like, hey, la last month it was a measuring tape, right? So saying how much I measure and value, you know, and so I can't tell you how many of my past clients that receive that go, oh my God, that's the best thing. I keep yeah. it in the car. I keep it in my purse. I'm like, yeah, I keep one in my purse because I go and measure <laughs> furniture or yeah. I'm at a house and somebody says, how many feet do you think the bedroom? Hold on a minute. Let me go get the measuring tape. So it's just things like that. Um, but I really have seen like in the last three years that the return on investment going back to those people that have done previous business with me, um, value what I do. Yeah. And so, you know, but that was like one of these things sitting on my shoulder going, Oh, they're not going to like you. They don't want to hear from yeah. you. They do, but I'm not pushy about it either. Right. And that's, it's something, and you're on me all the time about that stuff. It's something simple. It can be something small, but it's the human touch to just connect every mm -hmm. single quarter in that case. Um, that can help you go from doing 10 deals to 17 deals or from 20 deals to 30 deals. Mm -hmm. And if you've been in the business long enough, you, you have those clients. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's going back to having the confidence, um, and putting the plan in place for you to be successful and doing it consistently. Yeah. You know, and, and I did like this year, I literally laid out on a, Excel spreadsheet. It's nothing fancy, but it's like, here's a postcard every month that I'm going to send. Mm -hmm. So I already have no in my mind what postcard is going to be sent or what message I want on that postcard. And then it's the quarterly drop off. So yeah. I went to Pinterest and found a bazillion ideas because why invent it when you can, you know, yep. 
compliment somebody else's <laughs> idea. Um, and so just getting that. But I mean, yes, it's having to sit down and put those packages together. And then I'll come in and I'll say, I just drove 270 <laughs> five hours. Yeah. And the, the snow, like when I came in in January and it was like 10 inches of snow and they're like, you guys are all laughing at me. But it was, you know, people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe you, like, dropped off a package or did you have a carry? No, I actually do it, folks. I do it. And that's the great – do you know how much um, business you've gotten from your past clients or sphere of influence since doing that? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, not off the top of my head. But I would say, you know, like, people go, oh, my God, Barb, you know what? I've got a referral for you. Or So I've probably this year gotten, just since January, probably five referrals. I mean, which isn't so, a huge number, but it's a start. But for 20 hours investment right. of drive time, just dropping off, you know, you got five clients and, yeah. you know, five new clients right. or maybe they were past clients. Potential. Yeah. But, so, I mean, you know, it's just keeping in front of them. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love Zillow leads and I like boom. Sure, leads. Sure. I mean, those are, you know, always icing on the cake too. So, um, we have some agents on our team that are really heavily focused on those. But yeah. again, for me, it was like, you know, these are people and I do, I connect with pretty much most of my um, past clients through social media. Yeah. Um, and then being able to reach out and say, you know, like a kid's birthday, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're five now. They like, what happened? They were just right. starting to walk. So right. um, it's just kind of keeping in front of them or keeping in touch with yeah. them to say, Hey, how are you guys doing? And that's, and going back to, you know, why I kind of went down that road of trying to dive in more is literally you're on me all the time about past client stuff. And it's a 20 hour investment, maybe a little bit more depending on where your clients are, say 20 to 30 hour investment every quarter to go and drop something off at their house and you get five deals, whatever it could be five, 10, zero. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that if you do those things, you're going to get, you're going to get deals from it. And in Columbus, an average of 200,000, a $6,000 commission, you know, that's another $30,000. If you're doing five deals, now you got mm -hmm. broker fees and things like that. But if I could say, Hey, you could make $20,000 for 20 hours of investment oh, of your time. Would you do that? And it's <laughs> like, you know, and, and even myself, I'm like, John, like, why aren't you doing that? <laughs> but it's, it's you have it's you being on the team and willing to share those ideas and, yeah. and and pass those on to not just myself but anyone else on the team and anyone else out here this is why we're doing these interviews is is to give back to the community to where if they can take one thing away from this conversation and implement mm -hmm. it into their business maybe it helps them get to wherever they want to go or jumpstart it or build that momentum or, yeah. or whatever so um, is there anything that you are trying to accomplish or want to accomplish over the next three, six, nine, 12 months? Yeah. I mean, I still, I, and I always tell my clients, oh, contact me in five years. I'll probably still <laughs> be here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly mean that because I, I really, really, really love what I do. I mean, this isn't a job. It is a total career choice for me. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, there are days that I'm like, oh, you know, I think we all feel that, but for the most part, it's complete joy getting up every day sure. and saying, okay, what's new? What, what's out there? So for me, 10 years down the road, I'll probably still be doing this. Um, I'll be one of those, you know, 80 year old women that's slashing, slinging houses. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I do, I like, I like it. So where I would like to go is, um, and I've started creeping there this year. I'd love to do higher price points, mm -hmm. um, started getting there some this year and I hope that it continues and this is a trend, um, and not just a phase. Sure. Um, but again, you know, I don't know that I'm one of these agents that necessarily has to have, um, you know, 60 sales under my house, you know, under my belt. I just want to be able to be comfortable and I want to be able to service the people that I am working for and yeah. the highest level and exceed expectations rather than I've got to have every deal come thrown my way. Sure. Cause I, I'm not that type of person. And that's been a mindset shift for me. Mm -hmm. um, I got into real estate to make the most money possible uh, and have fun. And a lot of it now is uh, I want to give back. I want to do real estate, but also be happy 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where I was not present in a lot of things going on around me because it was always real estate, yeah. real estate, real estate. And the fear of not calling that client back or not showing them that house when they wanted to see it. Right. Um, and, and my, my definition of success has changed of whatever success is, whatever is going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything big that you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? Um, well, I'd like to get my husband a new car. <laughs> he, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, but I mean, I think just that, uh, you know, freedom to be able to come and do, um, this year I was able to take a two week vacation. We've never done that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not had the team support here behind me. Um, you know, so that was kind of cool. And now I'm like, Oh, What's a one month vacation? Um, <laughs> I'm, on a mo- I'm on a month long vacation. <laughs> yeah, maybe six months off. I don't know. Well, that's that the beauty be- of real estate. Right. I mean, I know an agent who uh, is with a different brokerage and um, he travels all the time. And I asked him, uh, we were both at a conference together, and I asked him, like, dude, how do you do it? And he does, he is listing focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can do real estate. You can do from any place as long as you have internet connection. Yeah. It's harder with buyers, obviously. Yeah. But he set his business up to where he works with sellers and a lot of past clients Mm -hmm. and he's all over the place. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think the freedom, um, you know, another thing that's dear and near to my heart is volunteering, being able to give back in that respect. So, um, you know, taking on a larger role with my volunteering this year and you guys like always laugh at me because I'm like, where are you guys? Where are you this week for? Like every other Monday, <laughs> yeah. I'm at the duck pond working for Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. Yeah. So, you know, being able to give back in that respect, being able to, you know, my husband and I always, our big dream would be to say, we're making so much money, we can give more money back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we go to these events and, you know, there are people in positions that are able to buy something, you know, a silent auction gift for like $10,000 right. or, you know, and you're like, wow, that would be so cool to be able to do someday. So right. yeah, not necessarily to have 10 grand in my pocket to go below, but 10 grand and extra in my pocket to say, I can go buy something fun sure. and have it go to a great sure. cause. And before we, get to the last question that I always end with. I want, cause I know volunteering, I know um, the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer is a big thing for you and your family. Do you want to say anything about it? Oh, well. I want to give you that time yeah, to talk so about it because I know um, it's a passion of your guys. So. Yeah, so um, I won that back, uh, won a trip back in 2013. My husband and I went on it and we had got back and we said, what the hell just happened? Like yeah. this was like, five days of whirlwind fun and we were like we don't even know what just happened so we didn't know anything about what it truly was what it you know what they were we had just won a trip right so we stewed on it for like over a year and saying god i can't believe like we got shutouts we didn't get back on the ship like we didn't make our reservations for the next year soon enough and we said we never want to miss that again number one it was just incredible amount of fun um but more importantly the cause um is just um too great because everybody's affected by cancer in some shape way or form um i've had too many family members friends that have not been successful um, with cancer and they're no longer with us so um and then being an alumni of ohio state university um you know they're leading the way and i think they're in the top five of cancer research hospitals in the world. And we're so fortunate here in Columbus to have them in our back door. But yeah. um, so over the past 13 years, Buckeye Cancer or Buckeye Cruise for Cancer has um, raised over $20 million. Wow. Um, so this year, um, you know, we're hoping to raise even probably close to maybe $4 million by the end of the cruise. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of great sponsors, volunteers, um, staff from travel partners in Dublin and the James, the hospital staff and um, doctors and researchers. It's um, just a great, great organization. If someone wanted to volunteer, is there a place that they can go or can they just reach out to you? Yeah, they can reach out to me. Um, uh, travel partners in Dublin, Ohio, Lisa Cisco and Chris Quinn are the founders okay. of um, the cruise. And um, Or if they want to get on the cruise, they can go to 
Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, or just Google it, um, Buckeye um, Cruise for Cancer, and you can Google it, and I believe there are still rooms available for the February cruise. Awesome, so awesome. Get on board, so. so I always end the episode with one question, and it's if you could give any piece of advice to an agent who's starting out, an agent who may be struggling, or just in general, one thing that you wish you knew, um, whether it's when you got into real estate or taking that next step to where you want to go, is, do you have any uh, one piece of advice that you could share? Learn to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they heard you. She's Learn to say no. <laughs> Because um, <laughs> you always want to be the yes man starting right. out. Yes, I'll do that open house. Yes, I'll run around 275 times today. Um, learn how to set expectations with your clients and for yourself. Um, because, you know, this is something that I learned early on. Just, you know, when you set the expectations with your clients, they know how to treat you. Right. Right. But if you don't set those expectations, you let them run you around ragged. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, every, I think anybody's guilty of that, but, yeah. um, you know, most of my clients know now that I'm not going to be showing homes to them the first time out on a Friday night after 4 PM at <laughs> rush hour. Yeah. Um, there, there are instances where I've done that for clients because I know they're ready, willing and able to buy, um, right. and they've missed out on a few homes in this market, but, um, you know, setting those expectations. You can expect a call back from me within X amount of hours if you get my voicemail. Um, if I don't pick up, I will call you back, you know, within right. X amount of hours. Um, if I'm at an appointment, if, you know, my phone is turned off, unless there's something happening with maybe another deal, at that point, my clients, you know, I have my phone with me. I may have to take a call because I'm in the middle of a negotiation. Right. So just learn how to set expectations with your clients. I think you'll be um, breathing a lot better at night. Yeah, no, and learn how to say no. Yeah, that's, that's something that's very hard to do. But. Price reductions? No. no. <laughs> yeah, it's very something that's very hard to do. Um, so. To, for, for them to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Is it Facebook? Is it, mm -hmm. um, um, how can they, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook. I'm at Barbara Fogel EXP Realty. Um, don't ask me the whole handle. Um, <laughs> it's out there. Um, and then you can always text me 614-736-1206. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having uh, thank me you for Thank you for sharing. Yes, the gray wall was an issue with her. Decorations um, back here. <laughs> but um, I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you got some value from it. You can follow Major League Success on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and podcast under Major League Success. Um, if you guys want to be on and want to give back to our real estate community, please reach out to me on one of those platforms. I'd be glad to have you on and get your story out. Thanks. Thanks.